Hello, it is Feel Good Friday, October 16th. We can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. There's a lot of things that could penetrate your ears. The fact you let us do it, I'm very thankful for. Uh, if you enjoy this show, whenever you're done with it, go ahead and tell a friend about it, okay? Just say, hey, friend. I don't know what you're doing in your free time, okay? You might be dabbling in whatever recreational activity, whatever sexual activity, whatever... Mm-hmm. Loneliness hobby that you picked up maybe during a quarantine. But if you find some time in your day, you should listen to Pat McAfee Show 2.0, uh, the dumbest sports podcast of all time. Yeah, I agree. Numbers still going up. Still going up. Still going up. So the guerrilla warfare from the listeners is, is working. working. Is working. Hey, this team is growing by the day. Mm-hmm. Which means that there probably aren't as many people that once they get done listening to this show, they're going to hate this show and never listen again. Right. But if you are one of those people, you know, don't like, we're just small business over here. Don't need you running around saying, Hey, I hated that show. No, absolutely not. I mean, I can understand if you want to, at some points, I mean, I felt that way about me on numerous occasions, but to be completely kosher here in this 2020 in the wild world we're in, just act like it never happened. A lot of other stuff out there. Yeah. Hey, sorry. Charge to the game. Yep, Lost an hour right. and a half. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the show, huh? Hey, today, Feel Good Friday, announcing a massive odds boost on FanDuel. Mm. FanDuel's greatest sports book on planet Earth. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if SeatGeek's ever going to come back, so we can't say, and the moon for. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to SeatGeek, by the way. We love you. you yep. That's a potential business that just got a... I mean, how could you see it coming? <laughs> got a right hook from the gods. From God, Yes. Whichever God you believe in, by the right. way. Right, yeah, it doesn't matter. And whichever God you believe in, think of their heaviest punch. <laughs> that is what happened to the Seeky Company and other ticketing venues. I don't know how that one's going to survive, but if any of them will, it's Seeky because they were the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. That is correct. But since planet Earth and the moon was such an incredible tagline... And we don't know what's going to happen with SeatGeek. We love SeatGeek. We appreciate SeatGeek. Mm-hmm. They're our first sponsor. I think it's time that we can say that about other things that fit the criteria of what SeatGeek did for being the best app on planet Earth and the moon. That's right. If you're going to buy tickets here on Earth or on moon, you would have to use SeatGeek. And I'm telling you this. If you have an opportunity to gamble with FanDuel Sportsbook, either here on Earth on the states that it's available and legal, or if you get up to the moon somehow yeah. and sports gambling is legal up there, which I assume it will be legal on the moon before it is in some states here in America. Probably. And that's not SeatGeek's fault, by the way. Nope. I see a lot of people, or that's not FanDuel's fault, by the way. I see a lot of people tweeting me like, hey, tell FanDuel to get to people in this state to buy in or whatever. It's like the amount of politics that are in yeah. play. It is. A lot of legislation and red tape you have to get through. Because I have friends that live in a lot of states, Florida, California. New Mexico. I got people mm-hmm. that have texted me and said, hey, I would like to make money and beat FanDuel with you. And it seems like you guys are literally just giving away on a regular basis. I would like to be a part of that, especially in this 2020. And I said, you know what? I would like you to be a part of it too. So I called FanDuel and I said, hey, can we hurry it the fuck up on some of these states? Mm-hmm. And they're like, why don't you sit in on a meeting of what it's like? And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Can you just <laughs> explain it to me? And they're like, yeah, this is how it goes. Politics. Do you turn on the debate? You watch the debate, what happened there? Mm-hmm, That's bit. what happens, but at a state level for how much money is available here, and you got lobbyists and this and that. So I guess FanDuel is actually 
exhausting every effort to get into every state, but they're fighting against a couple of different legislatures, I guess, in a couple of different places that make it very difficult. But know that myself, Ty, the people of FanDuel are carrying a general Bob-like sword on the front lines to yeah. try to get FanDuel into every state because every state should be able to enjoy the convenience of the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's incredibly well said. Call your senators. You know, call your senators. Yeah, like write them maybe. Yeah. And you might think that doesn't work or whatever, but if one senator sees something or hears something, and I'm not even sure if they see those messages, but who knows? since I was a kid, they say, write your mm-hmm. congressman or whatever. Yep. Who knows if they ever get any of those? Can't Tweet them. Try. Tweet them. There you go. Who knows if they see any yeah. of those? <laughs> but if FanDuel comes to your state, and if we're in your state already, shout out, there's a state coming, I think, like next week, by the way. Really? Pretty big announcement coming. Okay. okay. It is a state that we do have a lot of listeners in. Good to know. So there'll be more of you that get a chance to play alongside us, that get a chance to gamble with the best odds in all of Sportsbook, that get a chance to gamble with a company that has given away and refunded bets before. I mean, this is FanDuel being FanDuel is the best sportsbook on planet Earth and the moon. You're damn right. And I'll tell you what, if those little fuckers from Mars get a sportsbook too, I hope they say we would like FanDuel sportsbook because it feels like... FanDuel even has the tech that be able to keep up with the little fuckers from Mars that fly down here. Yeah, probably. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. There's boosts going at all times. We got a big one coming. I don't want to break the news to you. Steelers, minus two and a, <laughs> minus three and a half. It's the one that I'm boosting for the weekend. All right, let's get to the show. This morning I woke up to information that COVID had an outbreak in the Indianapolis Colts facility. Initial reports were saying that it wasn't players, it was just personnel. Turns out that that was not true either. Uh, The initial report should not have said that because the Colts were not releasing who anybody was that had a positive COVID test. I called my source at the Indianapolis Colts and I asked, is this a lot of people or what? And are these players? And that person told me, well, I'm not allowed to tell you who it potentially was because of whatever. And I was like, yeah, somebody's going to find out at some point. Might as well just tell me. They said, no, can't do it. And then I said, how many? Is it a lot? And they said, what do you consider a lot? And I said, I don't know, a lot. And they said, uh, it's less than five. And I was like, okay, that's not that. That's not a lot then, by the way. If it's less than five, that's not a lot. Then about 20 minutes after that conversation, it came out. Doesn't fucking matter. All false <laughs> positives. All false positives have come into the Indianapolis Colts facilities. Less than five. Who knows how many it was? Was it players? We don't know. Was it personnel? We don't know. But what we do know is that this could have happened on a Saturday or on a Sunday and really changed a lot of things. Because although this happened on a, I would assume, Thursday test for a Friday morning workday, the interesting thing about it here is they were told not to come into the facility. They were told we're going to do Zoom calls all day. They were told that we have to wait to see if the second test comes back positive as well or if these are false positives. And if this was to happen on a Saturday and Sunday was game day and the team had already traveled to Indianapolis for the game, what do they do then? Who cares? Doesn't happen. Maybe it will happen down the road. The Colts have this official statement. Earlier this morning, we were informed that four individuals. Okay, hey. There it is. Less than five. Mm-hmm. And we should learn that, by the way, whenever somebody gives us information, they are literally, they are, they are selling that information as good as possible. Mm-hmm. 
Four individuals within the organization tested positive for COVID-19. The four positive samples were retested and have been confirmed negative. After a consultation with the NFL and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills, the team will open the practice facility this afternoon under the league's intensive protocol and will continue preparation for Sunday's game against Joey B and the Cincinnati Bengals. So that means now Fast Friday will be moved to the afternoon, which I'm sure all players love, but this year you can't really man or be upset about absolutely anything. They're going to do the entire day virtually and i would assume that the four people that tested positive were pretty important to the operation because they were so hush hush on who it was now that they're false positives what do we do i guess we just move on and act like nothing happened because so what now what nobody's going to care that they potentially had to miss one day of practice which is friday which is your least work day now they just got to go on and get ready for the cincinnati Bengals. i was a little bit upset about the possibility of phil rivers not being able to play catch with his players Mm -hmm. because it seems like on a regular basis he's been playing catch with the other team's players (laughs) And we need every single day of practice. But if the Titans showed us anything for these professional athletes, it does not matter. And COVID side effect might be that they get better at football. I was going to hammer the Colts after that. Now that it's all false positives, I'm going to have to reconsider what we got going on because minus eight is a lot of points. This is just another distraction in a distract-filled year for the NFL and for the Colts. They'll figure out how to get through it. But I do believe, were they sabotage? Possibly. Is it... Annoying? Definitely. But what if, I don't like to live in a world, what if, and this is Feel Good Friday, what if that happens Sunday morning? What if that happens on a Monday morning? What if, you know, not Tuesday, what happens if there is just false, because I thought, to be completely candid, I thought the false positive thing was done. Like, I thought we were no longer dealing with yeah. that. I thought the testing had gotten so advanced at this point that we were in a good spot. Because if false positives are happening for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL, which I would assume are paying a lot of money for high-end tests, well, how many other false positives are going oh, on? Countless. Oh, I don't want to get into it because it is Feel Good <laughs> Friday. But I mean, this questions everything, and I hope they get it figured out. And I'm thankful that nobody in the Indianapolis Colts organization was, you know, potentially breaking protocols and trying to bring down the entire league like another team was potentially trying to do that we will not talk about because they came out and boat raced the Buffalo Bills <laughs> after that entire operation. Big show today. Big show today. In the first hour, we have Josh Cribbs. He's joining us in about 22 minutes. Josh Cribbs, potential Hall of Famer. Uh, returner for the Cleveland Browns. I played alongside him at the Indianapolis Colts. Awesome, legendary human. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns play the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Other than the Packers Bucks, which everybody's excited about, obviously, because two goats are taking each other on in the quarterback position. This Steelers Browns game has massive implications. And to talk about the Steelers side of things, uh, as opposed to Josh Cribbs, Cleveland Browns side of things, Ramon Foster, former offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was in the game last year, by the way, when Miles Garrett took Mason Rudolph's helmet off of his head and then hit him in the head with his own helmet on national television while securing a dub for the Cleveland Browns Mm -hmm. or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, here's a stat that came out this morning uh, via Good Morning Football's uh, Kay Adams, I believe she said. Oh, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's 23-2-1 or something like that against the Browns. 23-2-1 against the Browns. The last 16 games the Cleveland Browns have had in Pittsburgh, they have lost. So, if you're a stats person, we live in an analytics world. I mean, we live in a stats world. It does feel as if the odds are stacked against the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. especially now that Ben Roethlisberger is all the way back. That defensive line is unbelievable. Although the Cleveland Browns have kind of found an identity and they're 4-1 for the first time, what, in forever or whatever, that feels like a team, the Steelers, that are just waiting in anticipation for this weekend. And if you listen to Mike Tomlin talking, he said, hey, it's hot in the kitchen in the AFC North. 
they very much understand that this is a massive game. Not only because the Pittsburgh-Cleveland rivalry has been one for a long, long time. Whenever you grow up in Pittsburgh, you're told that Cleveland is the mistake on the lake. You're told that Cleveland stinks. You're told that Cleveland is the worst city of all time. Diggs, am I lying? All true. All true. Nick, am I lying? No, not lying. Nick even <laughs> says, no, he's not lying. It's a real thing. If you grew up in Pittsburgh, you're talking, and I would assume the same thing happens in Cleveland, and this goes back way before I was born. This goes back way before Diggs was born. The Browns and Steelers used to be a historic rivalry. Then Cleveland, the Browns, just left. They went over to Baltimore. See you later. Then Cleveland Browns fans, which are a very loyal and diehard fan base, kind of lost their way. They didn't know what to do. Browns come back. Here we go. We hate each other again. But since they've come back, it hasn't really been anything special when it comes to Browns-Steelers rivalry. And I went to the city of Cleveland. I was like, this place is really nice, actually. Like, everything I was told about this place, actually a lie. place is very nice. But that is two organizations that know that their fan bases hate each other. But in recent history, it has not really been that close. Is this the time that the Cleveland Browns, 4-1 and one with their best team, their best effort, kind of turn the page on that rivalry, rivalry, bug windshield type rivalry, <laughs> rivalry at this point? Or will this be the same old Browns, same old Steelers in Pittsburgh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers just absolutely blow the doors off of them? At Tone Diggs, Pittsburgh fan, how do you feel about the weekend going in? Yeah, even though it is technically a rivalry because both fan bases hate each other, it's a very different type of hate. Like the Browns fans hate us, Steelers fans, because we always win and they want to be that's the franchise they want to be. We hate them because anytime they win two or three games in a row, they think that they're the best organization that was ever created when they haven't won a playoff game since 1995, I believe. But like that's 25 years by the way. Yeah, that's, it's quite a it's quite a long time. So I mean they are quite the annoying little brother situation type thing like with the with the Ravens, which is actually a rivalry. All mutual respect. Love that fan base. I don't think they really have a big issue with that because that's those are two good football teams going at it for the NFC North, AFC North. But with Cleveland, I mean, they're just an annoying fucking piece of shit. See, base. that's Whoa. what I'm talking about. Like, that is not warranted, Whoa. by the way, because we've been to Cleveland, and Cleveland people are actually very nice. Great, yeah. wonderful. Place. And the casino was great. The casino yeah. was very given. The yep. city is very nice. So everything I was told growing up was just a complete lie, but I like the fact that Diggs still mm-hmm. has that. Because you do get, it's kind of like propaganda, like a brainwash as a child about what Cleveland is. Like, ah, Cleveland just stinks. Like, this is how it goes. The place smelled like decaying roadkill. Oh, come See, on. See, there's another guy, Nick Verado. He is from Jeez. Pittsburgh. So he had that in his mind while he was going over there. And it is very interesting because this is the first time in a long time, I would assume, and they beat the Steelers, by the way, last year when Mason Rudolph was playing quarterback mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Massive dub for their fan base that completely they couldn't even celebrate because their best player got suspended for the rest of the season. So it's like the Browns fans have been waiting for this moment. They get one last year beating Mason Rudolph. They get a big win. Can't even celebrate it because, oh, your team's terrible, what you guys did. Yep. Now they have a good team going into Pittsburgh, 4-1. and one. Here we go. We found our identity. There's a chance that this game could be for the Cleveland Browns, but it just feels like there's a better chance that it's probably not if you look at the way the history is <laughs> sure, going. For. It could be uh, a game for the Cleveland Browns, but the good news is this is their Super Bowl. So it's basically a win-win for the Steelers because if they do breed the Browns with this great team that they have, it it just demoralizes them. And if the Steelers lose, who cares? It's a week six loss. You're still four and one. We'll talk to you down the line. Okay, yeah, but which, by the way, is a Steelers mentality. Hey, we still got more games to yeah. play here. Cleveland Browns, what happens on the other side? Because they haven't been in this situation in a long time. Who knows what team they are? Maybe they lose and they're able just to bounce back and say no big deal. Maybe they're win. 
and just say, hey, no big deal. We'll keep it moving. Could be a new Browns team. Could be a new story in this rivalry. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger battle it out Sunday in Pittsburgh. At Boston Connor, the Patriots have Cam Newton back. How you Here doing? We- keep it moving. Uh-huh. Feel fantastic. Gilmore also back. Quick turnaround. <laughs> I mean, defensive players of the year, they just can fight COVID. It seems like better than everyone. So the Patriots are minus nine and a half at home against the Broncos. Vic Fangio, we all know, is a stern test when it comes to coaching against yeah. Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, second your quarterbacks do very well against Bill as well. So, you know, we feel a little nervous for Drew Locke, but yeah, I feel pretty confident with Cam Newton. Back. Nine and a half is a very yeah. large spread. Yeah. It Huge. feels like this year, more so than years past, the spreads have been bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's almost like the books have gotten to the point where they're like, yeah, these teams stink. It, mm-hmm. it used to be like the sports books would try to sell the game almost. <laughs> You'd be like, all right, this team is uh, minus uh, half, uh, minus two and a half. You would never see 10 and a half, 11 and a half, 13 and a half spreads, which I think is happening like weekly now at this point, nine and a half yeah. point spreads, because I think maybe the COVID year has kind of taken advantage of the thing. Maybe injuries have happened, but I also think the sports books are like, I think we could take advantage of people thinking the team stink. And this is potentially one of those situations. Will the Broncos be able to keep it close? Everything says no, but nine and a half is a lot of points to be giving up if you're the Patriots. I could be wrong here, but like, it seems as if the bad teams are worse now. Like when you, when you guys had the first pick for Andrew Luck and you guys went two and 14 you said there were nine games within one score or something like that the jets like the jets are getting blown out every single week like the Bengals last year got blown out a lot like the jets by the way this week according according to my sources they are legitimately full court press attempting to lose every football game yeah gotta respect it i i got it Inside information, and it's not coming from a coach or a player it's coming from higher up Mm -hmm. i i got a i got a text that was Ooh. said, yeah, trying to, trying to do that, basically. And I was like, what is that? What is it? Who is this? And what does that mean? Insert name of person here who would know what's going on. And then saying, all out press for Trev Lawrence at this point. I'm like, I fucking respect it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the players sucks for you. They're going to trot Joe Flacco out there and he's going to get killed. <laughs> yep. And the coaches who are trying to make money for their families and not have to move, they're getting trotted out there. I mean, Adam Gase stinks for him, but he does have an assistant coaching staff and everything like that. And they're just going to try to, hey, good luck. Uh, but the people that are up in the suites and stuff that are watching this game, pulling against you. Oh, yeah. Very, very different. I mean, but it's smart. If you think Trevor Lawrence is the guy, which, by the way, every human has said that they think Trevor Lawrence is the guy, and he's in New York City, and you can potentially, with Danny Dimes and Joe Judge trying to build over there at the Giants, who knows how that's going to go. If you get Trevor Lawrence in there and he is everything that they say, I mean, good move long term. But in the moment, it's like the players and coaches are the only one upset. I think the fans were even happy when they're losing. They're like, yeah, here we go. Let's get this Trevor Lawrence kid. Let's keep sucking out here. Very much sucks as a Patriots fan to know that Trevor Lawrence will be in the AFC East for the next 15 years. But with that Broncos nine and a half spread, it might be because Melvin Gordon's driving around bombed uh, in Denver. So without him, with that Dewey, I mean. He was at practice, though, the next day, I guess. He got out of jail. Hopefully he did not get COVID in jail. Or if he did get in jail, I'm not 100% sure. Normally for DUI, you end up somewhat in jail, I believe. Yeah, I thought that's how Very it interesting. So yeah. if they know that he wasn't at home, 
I guess he just had to take a negative test. If he gets a negative test, they just keep him around. Like, hey, we assume everybody at jail that you were around just had a negative test. And if he's anything like me, whenever I got my public intoxication, they probably put him in his own solitary confinement because he's a special inmate, which is what I was called. And I wonder if his special inmate little glass cage that he had to sit in, if it's anything like mine, had a broken toilet that whatever special inmate was in there before me, I don't know if it was a pacer or a fucking somebody else, they just broke the toilet with a shit bomb and it just was a literal glass box of poop that was sitting amongst all of everybody else that seemed to be in a doctor's office and they were waving into me in a glass box as if I was an experiment. I mean, I wonder if that's what Melvin Gordon had and that's why they know that he couldn't have got COVID from anybody else that was potentially incarcerated. Sort of a metaphor for the Broncos season, if you think about the whole entire thing. (laughs) Go on. You know, you're in a glass box and it is a a broken toilet in the NFL, sort of in a glass box and the broken toilet here is the Denver Broncos. Potentially. Potentially. A lot of other teams are in a a glass cage of shit, I think. That would be the poop inside the toilet would be, you know, the Jets, the Giants, all those dog shit. Yeah, ponder that. At Ty Schmidt, (laughs) Packers, big weekend. Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye week where he said he literally did nothing, Mm -hmm. taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we all know Tom, whenever he's rushing a passer, he can get after it. We know Aaron is going to be dropping into a deep third there for safety coverage for tom brady but when these two play against each other there is a heightened hype for good reason we're about to watch two legends battle it out and i would assume packers fans are like yeah this is going to be a good day to be an aaron Rodgers fans yeah i'm excited i mean it's another measuring stick game you know everyone thought that the bucks would be one of like the four teams right there to win the nfc and the packers are as healthy as they've been this year so far i got a lot of guys coming back I, I'm just excited that, you know, we're playing relevant football. I mean, Raji is looking great. You know, the, the Bucks are a good team, but if the Packers beat them, same deal. They're in the driver's seat for the NFC. The question is, will Tom Brady in that offense be able to score? We can assume yes, right? The, mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers team has been very opportunistic on the defense side of the ball, but they do give up points. Yeah. Right? They do mm-hmm. give up points. Then it will be a battle of what will Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, who's back, and that entire, oh, Aaron Jones, Jamal, the whole uh, Lazard back? I don't think so. Oh, defense. Though, Got okay. Kenny Clark back yeah, on defense. Okay, all right, all right. But anyway, so whenever you talk about the Packers having to score, it's like, will Aaron Rodgers in that offense be able to pick apart Todd Bowles' defense as much as Tom Brady will be able to do that to the Packers' defense? And I think that's the big question. And that's what that's going to be the tail of the game. It's like, who, what defense can get stops and what offense is going to be able to keep it moving? By the way, that's football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Darius <laughs> Smith had, uh, I think, like eight. I mean, he was in Matt Ryan's face all, all game last week so if, if they let Brady throw from a clean pocket I think it'll be tough but if the guys they paid a lot of money to get to the quarterback have a pretty good day I think the Packers will be fine let's go okay at Viva Lazito you always have the biggest polls on the oh, internet massive. what is your poll for today pal we'll love Bell rush for 100 yards in a game this season uh, right now yup is 53.7% nope 46.3 so it's oh, pretty close that's what I thought by the way I thought this was going to be a very split uh, answer yeah. here for this particular poll presented by FanDuel Sportsbook we appreciate that um dig said no he will not be able to i think yes he will be able to and then Diggs wanted to add a couple of little clauses to this question whenever you say will Le'Veon bell rush for 100 yards in a game this season uh and you ask that question there's a lot of obvious things that have to be taken into account for is he going to be the running back or are they going to line him up at potential another slot receiver are they going to have him at more of a hybrid offensive player as opposed to just a running back that they're going to hand the rock to or is Clyde Edwards going to be healthy LC I mean there's a lot of questions that have to go into that that's why the question of will Lev rush for 100 yards in a game this season is such a difficult one because there's so many that go into it I think he will at some point I think they'll hand him the rock in the second half of a game that they have the lead in 
and he'll somehow get hot and he'll rush for like 80, 90 yards in the second half and everybody will be like, oh, there's old Lev Bell. But the fact that Le'Veon Bell signed with the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions is absolute madness to me. I have no idea. They signed Andy Reid to a, what, $700 million contract. They signed Patrick Mahomes literally to a half a billion dollar contract. Mm -hmm. They signed Travis Kelsey to put him up over a hundred million dollars in earning. They signed Tyreek Hill already. They have offensive linemen. They signed. They signed Sammy Watkins. They bring him back. They signed uh, what? Chris Jones, so called Chris Jones. Mm -hmm. They signed their entire team back somehow. Worked magic, a la John Doran boss. I was going to say David Blaine, but we think he lost his fastball. Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he definitely did. did. And I saw a live Chris Angel show. To be honest, he, he cut a woman in half with a saw. That was, that was the size <laughs> of the studio, and I could see the individual blades. And I'll tell you what, it was tough to believe. Mm. Lost <laughs> Chris Angel maybe lost his fastball as well. John Dorenbosch just getting hot. I don't know how they've been able to John Dorenbosch this salary cap to be able to keep adding these players. And everybody knows that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was getting paid league men, vet men, one-year deal. The Jets will pick up everything else. But then we also learned that there's a chance for him to double dip potentially with the termination closets in contracts. So nobody knows what the business side of this whole thing is, whether or not he'll get paid $6 million from the Jets and then whatever else he's getting paid from the Chiefs, or if the Jets will have to pick up the rest of the charge from whatever they pay that's less than $6 million. Nobody knows. But the fact that they add Lev Bell onto that team, it just makes you think, like, what the fuck is going on? How are they able to do it? It you got to give massive, massive credit to Andy Reid and the boys over there for being able to pull this off. And how they have enough footballs, nobody knows. I would assume that Lev knows that if they win and he does well, he's going to get paid a lot of money next year, and he'll come out from underneath the Adam Gase umbrella, uh, a better player, which has happened on numerous occasions at this point. But when I read this last night from a Shefty report, by the way, which is kind of heartbreaking because you assume Rappaport would have broke this. Oh, yeah. But but he yeah. had to trim the bushes Ooh. so the tree stands taller with oh, Manscaped. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, a, it's one of those very interesting situations. But I, I'm, I was mind-blown last night when Shefty broke this news. What's up, Nick? Uh, Love's going to look real good in that winter coat on the sideline when his hamstrings pop. Oh, come on. God, dude. <laughs> Nick. Jeez. It's Friday. The Kansas City Chiefs work a one-year deal for Le'Veon Bell to add in a backfield that is already explosive, add to an offense that is maybe the most electric offense in the history of the NFL, and somehow, some way, Andy Reid will be able to figure out a way to keep him happy, keep the ball in his hands, and probably negotiate a 10-year deal after this year is a success story for the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions of the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. Also this morning, big news coming out of the medical world. The Patriots have another positive COVID case working on a potential another one that has to come back for verification or confirmation. So one more positive in the New England Patriots locker room. Potential another person positive coming out of the New England Patriots locker room. They play the Broncos this Sunday, allegedly. There is no current delay or postponement on that game. But if it does happen, it'll be interesting to see how the NFL will shell game these games. They've already moved like 16 games it feels like at this point they've been able to move bye weeks they've been able to move teams but now with the Patriots and Broncos being past their bye weeks what will they do if they have to postpone this game because for some reason the New England Patriots Uh with Bill Belichick (laughs) cannot keep COVID out of the locker room at Boston Connor what do you have to say 
for yourself. If I know one thing in my entire life watching the Patriots, it's been the Patriots versus the NFL. So I don't know what the NFL is doing. I don't oh know what God. the laboratories oh, yes. are doing. Yeah. Whatever the hell they're brewing up there at the headquarters in the NFL, it's against the Patriots. It's bullshit. Don't forget, sell that goddamn Detroit Lions team. Oh. No, no, we're back to that. You will not pivot off of this because if anybody should be thinking about selling a team right now, it's one of the teams that can't help themselves but potentially postpone an entire NFL season because it takes all of us mm-hmm. and that particular message is not being received in Foxborough yeah. and it's becoming quite a problem this morning I woke up to the potential thought that the Indianapolis Colts maybe followed down the Patriots footsteps mm-hmm. of trying to derail an entire 2020 NFL season turns out the four positives that they found out about this morning were all false positives welcome back Indianapolis Colts did not break any protocols don't have COVID in the building that's because the Indianapolis Colts although they have a quarterback that seems to be throwing the ball to the other team on a rapid basis is doing everything right. Tennessee Titans are back after a two-week hiatus. They stomped the Buffalo Bills. They seem to have it under control. Every other team that we've heard that potentially had an outbreak has gotten it under control. There's only been one team now that has had two separate occasions that have had positive test results for COVID, and it's the New England Patriots. I mean, good for the Colts, doing everything right, but... What was it? Oh, oh. oh, breaking news. Patriots aren't even going to vote this year. Oh. Whoa. Tony, don't say that, dude. Whoa. Don't say that. Have you heard Bill Belichick <laughs> say vote once yet? No. Have no. I? No. Yeah. I, he ends every single team meeting with don't forget to vote. Now, no, we, don't do it, we don't do it in front of every single camera like most teams, except for Dak Prescott. But still, he's telling his whole entire team, go well, vote. The Pittsburgh Steelers put out an entire PSA this morning, and this is how it ended. Do we have that video? We do not have that video. It is Duck Hodges reminding people to register to vote. And if Duck Hodges didn't say that, by the way, I'm not sure one person in Pittsburgh would have voted, but I do know that he did say that. Bill Belichick has not come out and said that. Jeez, we just heard it there. Please play it again. Register to vote. There's Duck Hodges. Do we have the... Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. What is that? What the hell is that? What is that? What that? People are going to grab that for sure. I'm excited to see what that particular message was. That's awesome. Uh-oh. What was that? Cool. This is going to be good. Hey, the Patriots, by the way. Jeez, stop it already. This is a nightmare. Please stop it. Uh, What's going on? I mean, look, Cam Newton got COVID, and we were able to contain that. I don't know if there's a better team out there, really, that is able to contain COVID the way the Patriots can. And by the way, that has made sense all the way up until today, where you have more COVID cases that that aren't associated with Stephon Gilmore and Cam Newton already. Yeah, but Cam Newton can't contain anything. Yeah, it can't contain anything, actually. You're... The complete opposite of being able to contain COVID. You've actually had another outbreak already. No, the Titans couldn't contain it. They had a massive outbreak. We had the two. Okay, then we shut it down, and we had four days of good tests this week. And then today, there's a bunch of false positives in Indianapolis, and again, now in New England. I mean, let's just check the laboratories, okay? false in New England. Uh, Let's go to Colin in Michigan to hear his thoughts. What's going on, Colin? What's up, Pat? How you doing? I'm okay. Like, you just can't make things up. I, look, I'm like, just that, is, that is not something you can do. One of them is probably false positive. Nope. Can't, By the way. Can't do that. Can't. We, we don't know that if that's the case. Or that's not. why I said probably. Yeah, but there is one <laughs> definite positive coming out of the Patriots yeah, four the, days later. I know, but, you know, let's just sweep that focus the rug on. right now. Let's focus on the positive. Colin Michigan, what do you want to talk about? False positive. Well, Pat, first I want to give a shout There's out. There's no positive <laughs> coming out of oh, New man. England right now with the way you guys have been handling this entire thing. Except for testing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Our tests are positive. And, you know, although that could be negative, our negatives are positives too. What do you want to talk about, Colin? So shout out to Foxy first. I went to high school with him. So Ooh. great job, Foxy. Oh, oh are you in the bathroom? I know who this is. 
Don't don't ask that question. That's a very uh, inside so joke. It's stupid for a national show. But I would like to know, does Evan Fox, whenever he was playing basketball in high school, were you there with him? Did he make jumpers or was he just the guy that was like maybe seventh, eighth man off the bench? No, Foxy made jumpers. He was uh, oh, oh, oh. a lot has changed. Thank you. What, do you, what, do you, what would you like to talk about, brother? You didn't deserve it. So my Fox. question for you guys and line, Foxy as well, being from Michigan, so right after uh, Dak went down, there were rumors of uh, Stafford being traded. I don't think that's happening anymore, but what did you guys think of those rumors of Stafford being traded, and how long do you think Patricia's going to last in Detroit? Do you think there was a chance at all that Stafford was potentially traded this past offseason? That's a question you have to ask yourself. Mm. Everybody's talking about Matt Patricia probably getting sent out of town. He gets brought back, right? They sell the team to the daughter, right? The daughter of the Ford family owns it. Are they going to keep Matt Patricia around for another year after how it's going? Probably not. They're probably going to bring in a new GM, new coach. It's probably going to be a new thing. Matt Stafford, who has had a hell of a run with the Detroit Lions, is one of the only quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to be on a notoriously terrible team and not be directly associated with why they are terrible. Everybody understands that the Detroit Lions organization is probably cursed. Everybody knows that the organization is probably a losing Uh franchise. But you don't hear a lot of people say, you know what, Matthew Stafford is a losing quarterback. The reason why is because Matthew Stafford, whenever he gets a chance to play on national television, always shows out, balls out, and ultimately the Detroit Lions lose games that they're not supposed to lose. And for 11 years now, how long has he been there? 11 years? I think it's 11. He was drafted the same class as you. And I retired, so I don't keep track of those. (laughs) He was number one overall. He got like 75 million guaranteed. Could have bought Detroit the day he was drafted, by the way. He deserves it. Then he got another one of those deals. And I think for 11 years, you, he doesn't talk much, rarely does media. I think I have asked him to come on this show in person. He said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And then gave me the old like, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Not going to do it. Not his big thing. But I think Detroit loves him. The NFL fans love him and respect his work. And if you get a new GM, new head coach, they're probably going to try to start from the bottom, right? Try to rebuild that thing, especially with the daughter's ownership now. It's a whole new family. So you would assume that Matthew Stafford is probably on his way out of Detroit. Yes. And I would assume in a lot of the states and cities that he ends up in, they will gladly and be excited to have him in their building. Philip Rivers, when it was announced he was coming to the Indianapolis Colts, there was a lot of people initially that hated the move. They didn't like Philip Rivers for however he acted, maybe because he got a bit chirpy, which he still is on the games and back in the day philip rivers and the colts had a little bit of a rivalry and then quickly after hearing philip rivers speak and watching him play indianapolis colts rallied behind philip rivers and they hated philip rivers i think a lot of them hated and then now he's starting to throw picks they're turning against him again but i don't even think you'll have to do that if matthew stafford shows up in a city i think this team will immediately be like we got a guy who's probably gonna be able to play for the next four or five years if he wants at a very high level he's a guy who still has a chip on his shoulder he's a guy that has accepted the challenge of being on a bad team and never really bitched about it which a lot of people would i think there's a lot of cities that have Matthew Stafford came there. Would absolutely love him. Look for maybe, uh, why not here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, here's, a place. Seriously. here's a place. Who knows what's going to happen with Philip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett. I mean, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to go. Maybe Philip Rivers stops throwing it to the other team in inopportune times. And this team that is incredibly well built will go on and win it all. And maybe Phil Rivers rides off into the high school coaching job he already has in Alabama and sails off into the sunset. Maybe Jacoby Brissett gets in. Maybe he doesn't do whatever Chris Ballard wants him to do to prove that he's a starting quarterback. Maybe with the incredible team that the Colts have built around the quarterback position – 
Uh, maybe Matthew Stafford just gets plugged in and he's the guy going forward for the next few years. Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers sure. wants Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger wins this year, rides off in the sunset. Okay. Maybe that happens. Who knows what teams are going to be looking for a quarterback because there's a lot of season left. But wherever it is, let's assume Matthew Stafford will have a new home next year. Yeah, I just want it to be a winning franchise. You literally summed up everything of Matthew Stafford's career perfectly. That's why I don't want him to go to Dallas because – the Cowboys kind of stink. Whoa. They do. Easy so I want them to go box. somewhere and win. That's all I want. Well, if they don't sign Andy Dalton to a massive deal. Which? We don't know. We can't rule out. Dak Prescott's going to get a massive deal from there, right? Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones have come out and said that that's basically what's going to happen. Now, NFL is a disgusting business yeah. behind yeah. the scenes. That could all change vastly because one month from now, will we still be talking about how gruesome that injury was to Dak Prescott and how everything else is if Andy Dalton and the Cowboys are winning games? Who knows? We're going to be in a very different time around February, March, whenever that conversation is going to happen with Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and Dak Prescott. But maybe they're looking for a new quarterback, and maybe the Texas kid, Matthew Stafford, gets to come back home. He didn't get to play college there, right? Played in Georgia. Yeah. He goes to Detroit, he's been there. Maybe he gets to come back home in Texas, sling the rock around to all the weapons that they have. And Mike McCarthy loves throwing it, what, 60, 70 times a game? <laughs> that's what Matthew Stafford does. Maybe that's the case, but I feel like Dak is going to get that gig for the long term. Also, McCarthy, he's seen him in division many, many times. He knows what Stafford can do. How'd you guys do against the Lions? Beat the piss out of him. Yeah, I actually did see it. It wasn't Stafford's fault. We know it wasn't Stafford's <laughs> fault. Stafford has thrown more touchdowns against the Packers than any other team in his career. Well, that was just, that was just that one game. Uh, yeah. And Matt Prater, is, <laughs> Matt Prater has also thrown more touchdowns against the Green True. Bay Packers than any other team in history. Wow. Uh, and also, whenever I'm calling the game up there, True. what was that, 30-something to nothing or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Greatest game in Lions history. I'll stand by it. Place was packed all the way to the end. The <laughs> Packers were nowhere near in that game ever that entire time. Do you think going into this year, Stafford legitimately thought that the Lions – may like win the division because i feel like there was a little bit of hype and maybe it's just because i foxy was pretty confident with the team but like (laughs) do you think it like at any point he just kind of feels hoodwinked and it's like (laughs) hey you guys are saying we were going to be really good and what do you know we stink again i would assume that just like joe thomas told us where joe thomas played maybe the greatest career football on the field with what zero success mm-hmm. as a as an actual win loss thing, he told us in an interview, and I don't know if he's rethought this answer or not, or it was. He said there was every year he thought they had a chance. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what you have to do in the NFL, by the way. Every year when you're going through training camp and it's miserable and you're going through this and this and this, if you're at that high level where you're making a lot of money, you have to think and believe that your team has a chance. Because if not, you're probably going to get injured. You're probably not going to be your best and do that whole thing. I would assume. Like, I thought the Lions were potentially going to go on a run. What, they had like 45 games in a row where they've been up 10 points in yeah. the fourth quarter and they can't win? It's like, mm-hmm. maybe this team will be able to figure out how to close games. Turns out, by the way, they they, they, they cannot. They no. cannot no. still. No, no. But I would assume Matthew Stafford every single year thought they were going to go out and get it. I mean, and I guess you have to. You right? have to. You literally have to. If you're in that building, you hear the conversation like, let the outside noise stay outside. We in here, we got to believe. We can't listen to anybody out there. We got to believe in here. I would assume Matthew Stafford had that on plenty of occasion. What's going on, Nick? I was just, how do you not learn from past greats? mistakes you you're Matthew Stafford you look at a situation like Joe Thomas you look at what he went through and you just think you know maybe the grass is greener maybe I give it a shot somewhere else Uh, it's time the thing is the thing is he's a good guy guy. loyalty Pat Detroit loves loyalty when does it wait if Matthew Stafford comes out and goes this place stinks get me out of here everybody be like 
All right. Hey, yeah. way to go. Yeah. Hey, you're he's 100% right. He's right. It's yeah. about time you said that. Actually, there was a guy on the show a couple days ago saying that all of Detroit should get rid of their NFL teams. Yeah. Yeah. Not just you leaving Scumbag. down. Everybody would be very they'd be understanding. But I think Matthew Stafford has it inside of him that he doesn't want to be that guy. Like, hey, I don't want to be known as the guy that has come out in a prima donna fashion and say, I shouldn't be here, blah, 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 blah. But at some point, he's going to have to have a bad guy, though, come out and say, hey, your entire career is being wasted right now. You could potentially go onto a team immediately that is already built and ready for you to win. Why don't we do that? By the way, that team could also be the Chicago Bears. Ooh, oh, I like that. Division. The Chicago Bears. In now, the, the Lions would have to trade it within the division, which <laughs> maybe, hey, it's the Lions. Maybe. Oh. So never they will. It's the Lions, but maybe yeah. because you have two quarterbacks, which means you have no quarterbacks, and maybe Nick Foles gets what? very hot here and kind of wins you guys a Super Bowl or whatever. Whoa. Well, I'm not saying right that could get a cold take right there with us saying Probably that or whatever. Not. But but if they do win the Super Bowl, you look like a hero. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They <laughs> yeah. won't. This is like Dan Olofsky saying Josh Allen's the MVP, want to be known as the first person it said maybe. and then he backs off mightily. <laughs> maybe Matt Stafford knows and I can't believe Foxy told me the stat this morning and I can't believe he didn't bust it out during this entire conversation last time Lions made the playoffs they started one and three which they are currently at so maybe Stafford knows that <laughs> and they didn't lose any uh preseason games oh yeah right the last time you guys didn't lose any preseason when? games you went completely defeated, yeah, right? Yes, we did. And we drafted Matthew Stafford. And this year, you guys oh. already got one win. I mean, so yeah, pretty good. maybe you guys changed It's the never the offense's problem. It's, a, it's, it's the not. defense. No, the defense is organization. terrible. I uh, just got a text from <laughs> Duck. Our guy, Duck Hodges. Yeah. What'd he say? Register He's... to vote. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what did you say? Register to vote. <laughs> he said, uh, you guys are ridiculous, basically. That's what he said. <laughs> And then he said, please remember, I am undefeated against Baker Mayfield. It's true. Duck's a savage. So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that there's a men's health company out there that will help you be the best you possible. How's your hair? Is it thinning a little bit? Let's make that better. How's your skin? Is it not glowing like it should? Let's make that better. And how's your sex life? Is it lasting as long as it should? Let's make that better. Roman is like your tag team partner in being the best man you could possibly be. Roman is a men's health brand that helps you with skin, your hair, everything you could possibly think of. But their real secret weapon are these things called Roman swipes, which are discreet little packages that show up at your house unmarked. Uh, they're small enough to fit in your pocket. And whenever you're about to, you know, uh, knock boots. Mm -hmm. Sure. When you're about to... Go to Pound Town. When you're about to... Bend her over the barrel and show her the 50 states. Really? Yeah. Is that what they're about to do? <laughs> yeah. that, was, that is something that is, that's about to happen? Yeah, I guess. When you're about to make love with somebody. There you go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All you do is get the Roman swipes out of the tiny little package that they're in. Mm -hmm. You rub it on the kitten caboodle. It'll dry quickly. It'll not transfer to your partner, so they won't even know that you have a tag team partner this entire thing, and it'll make you last longer, guaranteed. That is just the guarantee that they have at this point. I'm not allowed to say that. I saw you point for something. I thought you were about to tell me, like, can't say it's going to guarantee to work better because every human I know that has taken it and tried it, it is, it is worked. No, it works. You worked can like say that. Okay, good. It is guaranteed to make you last longer in bed. It is guaranteed to help that process of bending over a barrel 
Yeah, bending her over the barrel and showing her the 50 states. Okay. I don't know where that barrel would be for you to be able to do that, but whenever that's happening, make sure they get a nice long look <laughs> at the 50 states <laughs> if you have the same mindset as Ty. And right now you can get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping when you go to GetRoman.com, promo code McAfee. Ty, I want to let you know that was one of the most despicable things I've ever Well, uh, it's from a movie. I mean, I can't take all credit for it. But. Oh, you want to take credit for that. Okay, awesome. No, no. No, no, no. No, no, I'm just saying. No, but Roman is helping everybody out. They've helped us out by investing in our company, mm-hmm. and they have an incredible product, products that you should check out. GetRoman.com, $15 off your first order, free two-day shipping with promo code McAfee on this Feel Good Friday. Let's get back to it. Ty, I hope tonight, I hope you get a chance to... Bend her over the barrel and show her the 50 states. Me too. Good luck, pal. Thank you. Back to the show. I've never heard that before. Horrible bosses. Uh, actually, Jay Suds. Really? Yeah. That's Jay Suds original. Fucking Ted Lasso? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a returner, you got to be completely fearless. And this dude, whenever the reason why he was such a weapon... And there's different styles of kickoff return, right? Different styles of kickoff return, but all pretty much have the same goal. If you can get to full speed the fastest, that is what you're looking to do. And Josh Cribbs was, I think, the first returner that really just exploited kickoff coverage teams. He would set up his blocks so good, and he would get to full speed so fast. And then when there was a potential little bit of a gap where he would set up his block, he would hit that thing going so hard (laughs) that those massive collisions could be right. I mean, they could be (laughs) waiting for him, or he could pop through, and you see him break through the wave, and he was gone. It was so much fun to watch him kick off return. I actually saw it happen on the other side. I kicked off to him. He set up his blockers, and then, boom, he was just out. It was like I was a kid watching him back whenever (laughs) he was at Cleveland, and I was in the video game, like, what Darius Butler basically talked about when Peyton Manning like looked at him. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was in the television while I was seeing it happen. And he's not a small guy either. He was a big dude that was just lumbering. Josh Cribbs changed the game. Absolutely changed the game. I was lucky to be teammates with him. I assume he'll be a Hall of Famer at some point. It won't come as quickly as deserved or earned, but it will come at some point. What's up, Zito? How much time is spent in practice for like kickoff return and stuff like that? Oh, uh, it's a full special teams like fifteen minute period, probably yeah. like five ten minutes each day. Uh, but it, by the way, watching him work, professional yeah. every single day. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, a man who was a legend for the Cleveland Browns. He'll be a Hall of Famer at some point. It won't come soon enough, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Cribbs. Yeah! What's up, What's up, guys? How you doing? Hey, great. Thank you so much for joining us, Cribs. How you been? I've been real good, man. How you been, Pat? Hey, just getting old <laughs> over here. Just getting old over here, dude. You know. Man, I, I could teach all of you, man. I You kind of are the asterisk to returning. And I say that because when I'm coaching returners, I always tell them, once you get to the kicker, you're golden. <laughs> You're going to score because they don't want to tackle. But then I have to tell a story about Pat McAfee. <laughs> I got to say, well, there's this one guy, okay, this one kicker, and he's good, but he's Pat McAfee, and he's not like the other guys. He'll actually try to tackle you. Well, it wasn't just that, by the way. It was – I think the thing about it was – 
I always got so upset because my job is field position. You know, Cribs? Like, my job yes. is field positions. So if the returner is getting to me, I've already failed my job, right? I, so that means that means a lot of things. That means a lot of things. That means our defense is not being set up for success. That means probably whenever my next contract comes up, like, this is potentially going to hurt. There's a lot of things that go into it. So I don't want to say, like, I black out out there, but I, I pretty much do. It's like, this, is, this guy is ruining my life right now. And that's why I always try to befriend returners before the game, you know? I try to talk. Right. I always try to talk to him like hey listen we're in this thing together today you and me you know you did that you did <laughs> but you know me i'm lining up nine yards deep yeah and you're you kicking it out nine out of eight times yeah right no eight out of nine times yeah but it's the one time late in the game yeah a little that you've been kicking it out of the end zone and you're like ah we're cool now <laughs> he's going to respect the code the bro code that we we established, and no, <laughs> I'm bringing it out nine yards deep. This guy, I gotta look. I gotta make a, a, a living for myself too. Hey, <laughs> this son of a bitch. Okay, so you kick it. All right, he's back nine yards deep. And what he's talking about is normally if it's five yards deep or more, taking a knee every single time because you have to get a 25-yard return already and you're starting back. So the coverage team is already further down. So you're going to lose your team yardage if you don't. Now, Josh Cribbs, obviously different. Uh So he would line up nine deep. And anytime you see him lined up back there, that is a direct message to you that, hey, this is going to be a long day today. Like, hey, you are not getting touchbacks here. So you're trying to put it out, right? So I'm trying to put it out over his head. You're trying to beat the outfielder, basically. This son of a bitch will steal a home run. (laughs) He will steal a home run, turn, and then start running. And his coaches are like, yeah, we want you to do that. And it's like this. All day. Yeah, it was a nightmare. It was an absolute nightmare. Had to do it. And uh, just like you said it, though, man, um, it only takes one time. And, uh, you know, kickers like you, punters like you, they, they, you know, uh, they're still now in the league. I almost almost text you. I almost hit you on IG and all of that to be like, man, hey, if you if you got back in the league now, teams will be calling for you because it's not a lot of it's not a lot of punters, it's not a lot of kickers that can actually just kick it out. You know, not just that, but make that field goal because since they moved the field goals back, oh yeah, man, these kickers been dropping like flies, man. They've been here <laughs> one with one team one day and gone the next. Yeah, it's been crazy. You could put. If you wanted to, you know you could go back. I know. I know I could, Josh, but I'm at the point now where I indulge in too many vitamins and I'm enjoying life. You know what I mean? The uh, <laughs> Cribs, you watch the game, though, and, and see, like, the rules that have changed. And, and rules have changed a lot in all aspects, special teams, yes. everything. Do you think if your, your style of play now, you would have been better or worse than it was back in the day? You think much better now? Um, I would have definitely, because of all the rules, I would have definitely been still playing. Yeah. And um, I definitely think that, you know, guys like myself, guys like Hester, we would still be a commodity because the great teams still want special teams, a part of their, you know, will still have us a heavy part of their success. Um, anytime uh, a team returns the ball out of the end zone or returns the kickoff in today's NFL, there's a good chance that they'll get, you know, out to the 30 and 40 because not a lot of teams are covering. So they don't have a lot of experience at covering because most of the kickers are kicking it out of the end zone. So all the coverage units aren't battle tested. Mm. They're not battle tested also. Myself, guys like Hester, Sproles, back in the day, we would have a field day in today's NFL because not a lot of coverage units are battle tested at all. Granted, we would still be playing because 
tour days is not happening. And, <laughs> you know, you can only be in full pads a certain amount of days, a certain amount of times. And the cartilage around my knees would still be there. I would still be playing. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because I just read something on your Wikipedia that I didn't know about. And it wasn't apparent at all whenever I was talking to you as a teammate. You're always, just like you are now, upbeat, funny, variant. It said on your Wikipedia that uh, somebody alleged that your brain... Uh, there was some d- damage to your brain or something at the age of 32. What was that? How did that, how'd you find out about that? And was that one of those, like one of the most alarming things you'd ever seen before? Yes, definitely. Um, so I entered in that, uh, in, in an NFL study, uh, done by Cleveland clinic. And, um, I got a uh, extensive MRIs on my brain and, um, you know, they can't test for CTE or nothing like that. Yes. Yet. Um, uh, while you're alive. And, um, the doctor told me the specialist, um, they called me in to do these extra tests and they said, well, we don't know how to, what to call this. And I'm like, well, well, just tell me in plain English. Like they got me scared. They, well, you have unspecific change in your white brain matter. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like in lameness, and he basically was like, you know, uh, th- your brain is what a 58 year old brain looks like mm. that been through something, has some contusions and some healed spots here and there. But there are a lot of spots and you're only 32 years old and your brain is this old. And I'm like, I'm trying to compute that in my head, but I can't. I'm like, man, is this I mean, am I going to live? And, this, you know, so they just was preparing me for, you know, a, a future that's uncertain, so to speak. So that was that was alarming to to hear, you know, from the Cleveland Clinic, you know, well-known doctors um, and to understand that this life of success in the nfl will lead to uh, a post nfl life of maybe you know me losing my thoughts and you know things that they don't don't understand because the study of the brain is far from you know over they haven't you know reached a huge area when it comes to studying the brain so you know that's that's discerning but then i look back over my career and i'm like man would i have done it all over again knowing that the outcome of my, you know, senior citizen life won't be as successful or my post NFL life. And, you know, and, uh, you know, eventually and you can answer this as well. Our NFL careers were like top of the life for us. It was like the best time in our lives at that moment. And um, when I think of my children, yes, I'm like, man, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but I can't lie to myself. I would do it again. Yeah. Like the NFL living that life, I would do it again. Well, I'm like, suit me up. And, and also, and by the way, a lot of, I think everybody that's been in the NFL, not everybody, because there's some guys that come out and say like, they want to sue the NFL for not giving you money information, everything like that. And I can understand that, right? Because some guys might think that they were lied to or and all that stuff. But whenever you talk to most guys, myself included, it's like, and I'm nowhere near that anything that you guys have had to go through. But whenever you talk to a lot of guys that have had that, they're like, without the NFL, they're like, my family's not living in the house that we're in. We're not going to the schools that we're going to. We're not doing anything that is. So it's like, it's a gift and a curse at this point. And whenever you got told about the gift and the curse, was there any immediate treatment plan for you to like, I don't want to say hold on to the 58-year-old brain and keep it there until you can potentially meet it. But is there stuff that you're doing now post-football to kind of hopefully hang on to to what you got Definitely. going on? Oh, yeah. So... Um, the, what they said is they can't treat anything until something happens. So they can't prepare for something that they don't know what will happen. So for me, they, they urged and, uh, gave me the 
the notions to just stay mentally ready. Like mind games, stay talking about football, things you love, quick with it, as far as my words, my vocabulary, everything like that. So I stay engaged. I stay doing stuff. I'm, um, you know, a lot of guys who leave the NFL sometimes go into a depression. You know, it kind of happened to me to where I woke up one day and it's over. Now, Pat, I have, I used to have dreams like I was in the meeting room. And I was like, oh, man, I'm glad I'm in the meeting room. I thought it was over. And then I wake up like, oh, my gosh, like I'm, it's, it's over. You know, so those are the things that still kind of reoccur. Every now and then I'll fall asleep and think I'm still playing and think I'm going to the meeting or I'm waking up by the late for practice, but I stay busy. I stay, um, uh, you know, uh, very intrigued and very, uh, busy with the children and their sports. I coached for the Browns in 2018. I did a lot of work in, um, text for Houston Texans in 2019. Um, I interviewed for some jobs. So I'm staying football ready mentally. I'm staying, uh, you know, just, Busy, you know, I'm getting busy living instead of getting busy dying. Ooh, I'm gonna let ooh, my legacy yeah. live on and everything I and everything I'm doing. And like I said, getting busy living instead of getting busy dying. I love that. I, now I have to ask about these dreams. Do any of them turn to nightmares when I show up? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm- hey, hey, I hate bringing it up, but I feel like. I feel like I'm a hater if I don't bring you up <laughs> when I talk about returning. I feel like I'm hating, like you're right there, like. Like you better bring it up. Like don't bring, like you can't be a stand up guy if I can't say Pat McAfee tackled me. People will say people will say this like, oh you never got tackled by a kid. Like my um my son asked me like have a t- have a kicker ever tackled you? I'm like of course not. <laughs> okay, it's this one guy, and then I gotta I gotta break out the excuses. Like I was about to fall. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And then he came. And my shoes were untied. You see, you know, it was raining in Cleveland. You see, so I bring up all these factors that don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. The uh, I got a, um, I had a, uh, I got a, a turf burn on my arm from the tackle of him because he's so large, and I, he, he dragged me by the way. So like, I tackled him, he dragged me, and I got turf burn on my arm. And for like the next three days, you know, I had something on me, mm-hmm. and I went into the training room. You know, obviously, I'm like, uh, I need to get this cleared up. Robert Mathis goes, this mother. <laughs> One tackle in your story was bad. Let's talk about football, though. Uh, this weekend, massive game for the Browns, okay? 4-1 and one this year. Haven't won a playoff game since 1995. They've lost 16 straight in Pittsburgh. This feels like the team, though, that if they were to go into Pittsburgh, which, by the way, looks very good, this feels like the team that could get it done. How do you see the weekend going? Do you fear that potentially Ben being 23-2-1 against the Browns in the last 16 in Pittsburgh have gone the Steelers way do you fear that the stats are matter in this or do you feel like this is a whole new browns team going into pittsburgh oh i feel like this is a whole new browns team here we go and the detriment of the steelers is gonna be they're used to the same old brand and this browns team has no inkling the the players don't have the the intrinsic uh experience of knowing the rivalry and how important the rivalry is so i you know and i've talked to a lot of the players I'm around the team. I do po- uh, pre-game shows and post-game shows around this team. They don't have the same uh, intrinsic value traditionally that the team has. And so they don't know of the, like, oh, what? The, oh, it's a rivalry between us and the Steelers? I hear everybody talking about it. 
This is a different team fundamentally through and through. And you have two great running backs in Chubb and Kareem. Chubb is down. But, however, now you still have a 1B, 1A running back in Kareem Hunt who also catches the ball, which is another added bonus. Uh, Stefanski uses the fullback position unlike any other at the most at the most random time, which is good. He utilizes the tight ends, which I felt would be the, the highest uh, percentage passing plays because they use them a lot in training camp. But you have Odell and Jarvis and a host of uh, talented wide receivers, I think arguably the best in the NFL, in our receiving core and in our offense, that you can use. You have so much talent that they don't have to worry about what the Steelers have. They, they are worried about themselves and how to spread the ball around to attack this Steelers defense. I don't think the Steelers played anybody yet to really challenge them. But the Browns, the Browns are battle-tested. They've already faced the Baltimore Ravens the first game. In my opinion, they weren't ready. They didn't have no preseason games and yada, 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 COVID, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they weren't ready. I can say that. And, and the, uh, the Ravens, a hell of a football team. But when you talk about going down to Dallas and you talk about playing Cincinnati Bengals, a team you should win. They won that. And then going to Dallas and handling them, that was showing that they were battle-tested. Then facing the Colts, our beloved Colts, and the top defense, top defense in passing, top defense in rushing. They didn't have a, a loud day on uh, in the rushing game, but they did steadily run the ball effectively. And even in the end of the game, it mattered. A second, third string back came in and bust off a run for 20 yards. So their defensive line and offensive line have been tremendously excellent for the Cleveland Browns. And I think that's where they'll win this, this battle, the game. Defensive line and offensive line. Miles Garrett had went three straight games with a strip sack. A strip sack turnover that turned the game around and solidified the game. So handling Miles Garrett, Ogan Joby, the defensive line and the offensive line will be the tail of this Pittsburgh uh, Cleveland rivalry, and that's how they're going to the game, the Browns. Well, let's talk about it because Ben Roethlisberger isn't just going to throw the ball to the Cleveland Browns like Philip Rivers did. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Philip Rivers was just like, hey, here you go. Here you go. He did that a couple times. But to, to the Browns' credit, when the play was there to be made, they made it. And it feels like that is something that the Browns, right. that's potentially something in the past the Browns wouldn't do. Like when the play was there to make maybe a drop instead of a pick six there. Instead of uh, maybe Jarvis Landry throwing an absolute dime down the field, mm -hmm. maybe that's a miss. Odell Beckham on that end around, a la what Cribs used to do for the team, instead of going around and scoring a touchdown, he would get tackled for a 14-yard loss. It does feel like the Browns are potentially changing, and it seems like they're very business model. Like, hey, we just got to keep it. We haven't really done anything yet. We got to keep it moving, and that's a big difference. Josh, we can't thank you enough for joining us, brother. You're the absolute man. It's great to hear from you. Man, thank you for having me, Pat. I love you, man. You're doing so many big things now. I never imagined you would be greater post-football but now I'm a believer, man. No. Comedy, sports, everything you do, everything you touch is golden, brother. Keep it going. Well, if, to be honest, I appreciate that. It's not true. But the <laughs> can we talk about the Team Cribs Foundation? I know I got a chance yes. to kind of watch along this on the internet. I would like you to talk about it because anytime players give back to the community, I think it should be talked about because anytime a player fucks up in the community, it's talked about. It never really gets talked right. about how much players give, give back to the community. Can you talk about the Team Cribs Foundation? Oh, yeah, definitely. We uh, partner with other foundations that may be struggling. We partner with different inner city groups, children, 
any cause. Our motto is no cause left behind. So we try to touch all part and all facets of the community and whatever needs. So we basically reach out to different foundations, different community organizations, and we, we basically come at them with everything, all the connections that I have and that uh, the city has and say, hey, where do you need us? What do you need? How can we help? And then we go in and affect the community in a positive stance. A lot of times we try not to look for any uh, media attention or nothing, but I specialize personally in helping out like you do, Pat, and trying to get the younger guys that are playing now to, you know, learn how to give back effectively, how to use their uh, their organizations effectively and help out and show yourself helping out instead of just signing a football and signing a jersey, but actually go and visit these kids and let them see your face. Well, and feel some actual fulfillment because that's real whenever you feel like you've actually helped somebody. How can we help Team Cribs Foundation? Well, you can um, go to clean, uh, Team Cribs Foundation on Instagram. We have our website up there on IG. Uh, my uh, my IG as well, the Team Cribs Foundation is on there if you click in the, uh, the links. And uh, you can donate or just DM us to ask us what we're doing next and try to get involved in any way. So we're looking for not just money donations, but uh, memorabilia, uh, any like books, things that we're doing like that. So figure out what we're doing next. We list them all on our site and uh, just help out any case, any way you can. And if you're helping out in your own way, we would love to hear about it and to highlight you on our, our website. I'll tell you this, Cribs. This is the best interview I've ever done with a 58-year-old brain. I appreciate you, Brandon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Cribs. Appreciate you, man. All right, baby. Take care. You too. I did not know I was the only kicker that ever tackled him. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. That's because uh, that's why as soon as he came to the Colts, like we had an in, like he came literally right mm -hmm. up to me, and, like we were like uh, sat next to each other in meetings and everything like that. So it was pretty. I think I love that cool. guy. He's Legend. awesome. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody talks about him on return. People forget, like on kickoff coverage, back oh, whenever there was a wedge, he was breaking it. He was the guy, yeah. right? He was the guy. And on punt, he was the gunner that was going down. I mean, like Cribs was, and they had him on offense. They signed him like an eight-year deal or something. I forget about it. It was like a seven-year deal, eight-year deal. I remember it not being great business for Cribs, but I think Cribs was just pumped to be there. He mm -hmm. went to Kent State. He's an Ohio, mm -hmm. Ohio guy. So it's like, quarterback. whenever he came, he was quarterback. Whenever I went on my visit to Kent State, he was quarterback oh. of the team. We had a great time. I assume wow. his college life was a good time, if I had to guess, yeah. but he was a good teammate, everything like that. We have some breaking news that happened while we we're chatting with Josh Cribbs. Tom Pelissar tweets that it's another Patriots player who tested positive for COVID-19 per source. A second positive test is still going through the process to confirm the team has been doing meetings virtually today. Practice and media availability have been officially canceled. And Schefter says, what is there an update from Schefter? Schefter says if the game could not be played on Sunday, the NFL would be presented with its toughest scheduling challenge to date. Both teams, the Patriots and Broncos, had their buys last weekend and buy flexibility is gone. I said that at some point this week, there's probably going to be a week 18 announcement. I don't want to dance or do a victory lap, but I thought it would come on Wednesday. Here we are on Friday. We still have another day. Is that going to have to happen? Or, or, or 
Should we start connecting dots here and say that the uh, the Colts had five false positives this morning? If the Patriots have a positive, can we potentially guess that maybe those are coming from the same Mm. potential lab, Mm. a la what happened in New Jersey this past training camp when 77 false positives came? Is this another false positive? Bill Belichick and the boys have to go and do their work from home today. If it does come out to be a false positive, like the four that came this morning from the Indianapolis Colts, we move forward and don't even talk about this as if it's nothing. If it is another positive, what the hell's going on in the Patriot way that we can't keep COVID out of there? Or is this just even more of an example of you can do everything right and COVID can still make its way in there? I mean, we're checking fields, MetLife Stadium. You know, we're checking the fields. Can we check the laboratories here? Because if it's another oh, false positive, we, we need to get some lab checks. Wow. Okay? It could be a controversy around the laboratory. Uh, our sources are saying that it's the backup center, uh, which, wow. by the way, not 100% Jeez. sure if that's accurate or not. <laughs> I have no idea if that's accurate. It just <laughs> came in a message here. <laughs> but if it's the backup center, uh, let's assume offensive lineman. Probably buying in. Yeah. This is potential false positive. I'm not going to guarantee it because that's, you know, a lot goes into that. <laughs> but I, I would assume this is a false positive or hope that it's a false positive. Yeah. If it is positive, we hope whoever has it, if it's said center, hope you're healthy, hope you're okay. Yeah. The thing now is, will they have to reschedule a game because one person got it who potentially wasn't even going to play to begin with? I'm intrigued to see how it all plays out. Will week 18 already be instated? And if week 18 is already instated and this continues to happen, does that mean there's going to be a week 19 week 20 because we do know the hotels four extra weeks in tampa maybe they're already bracing themselves for a potential four week uh buffer at the end of the season silver lining we know it's not our best player on offense or defense so i mean we don't know that we don't well that could be cam newton again Uh, a double well we don't know did the antibodies quit we don't know jeez He's a vegan, though. Update from Tom Pelissaro. So the Patriots have one player confirmed positive for COVID-19, while a second positive test for another individual is still going through the process of being confirmed. Their first positive test since last Saturday's round of testing. So they already have one confirmed positive. Now a second positive test for another individual is still going through. So the Patriots have had, they have a official third positive in the locker room of the New England Patriots, the Patriot way. Now will there be a fourth that is going through the process? So it was not a false positive. Everything's happening very quickly quickly here this was literally tweeted out one minute ago wild times to be in the patriots wild times to be in the nfl wild times to be the laboratories who have false positives and real positives happening alongside of each other this is a incredibly crazy nfl existence yeah i mean i would be bummed but after that slaughter the titans put on we can't rule out that covid's gonna make the patriots i mean 10 times better <laughs> well the thing about it is the patriots here is there another team that would take advantage somehow of having a week 18 game no, or a week no, 19 game. No. They would figure out a way to work it in. They would they would probably put somebody on IR on like week 14, yeah. bring them back. We, like they'll figure out a way to work the entire system. Yeah. It, it feels like a week 18 is inevitable. Uh, who knows if that'll be announced today if the Patriots get their game postponed or the Broncos get this game postponed. But here we are. COVID is coming back again. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. COVID. COVID's back. Don't tell or see or touch any friends. No. Okay? Lock that some bitch down from what we're being told. I mean, in optimistic news, like there's been player pauses before uh, this close to the game, and they've played the game still. So, you know. Joining us now is a man who was an undrafted free agent and played for 11 years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Former offensive guard, now morning show host on The Zone in Nashville, ladies and gentlemen. 
Ramon Foster. Yeah! That is an intro, man. Hey, you deserved better. I'm going to let you know that. I did not know your nickname was the Big Ragu. I That is on me for missing that. You know what, man? If you miss something, I'm all right with that, man, because you don't miss a lot. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot. You're getting into this world now. You're a morning show host. Yeah. How is that schedule? What are you up at, 4 a.m.? Man, 4.45 is my wake up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after talking to people in the media, it was like, oh, you you sure you want to do this? I was like, you know what? I'm good. That first week kicked my ass, man, for real. I could fathom that. That is an early thing. Yeah. You'll change your life around, and you'll be able to buy, uh, buy into the schedule that your whole life changes. And by the way, morning money is where all the money is in radio, so hopefully you keep crushing it down there. Let's talk about Nashville. Was it, those, was it those pedal bars that got the COVID into the Tennessee Titans facility? <laughs> You know what, man? Everybody was pointing the fingers at the guys. I honestly think the guys were doing what they were supposed to do. You know, like I know, Nashville is a hot spot right now oh, yeah. for any and everybody that want to come here. If you meet somebody that's come to Nashville and said they had a bad time, it's probably like, well, what were you doing then? Yes. That's the real question you got to ask. So, man, it just happened. The guys and the league actually said they were doing the right thing. So it just sucks that they were the ones that everybody was shooting darts at. Well, and they were the first ones. That's why I assume this is going yeah. to I assume this is going to happen to more and more teams. That's why whenever Jerry Jones was like basically like kick him off the tour. <laughs> he came out and said that and then other other yeah. teams fans, Pittsburgh Steelers fans big time because it affected the Steelers directly. They're like, "Oh, kick him off." I'm like, "You need to watch what you're saying cuz this could come into your locker room at any given time this season and I don't think anybody could even realize it. Nick Saban got it. Let's assume that he's been dialed in. Now the Patriots have another outbreak. I mean, yeah. this is a wild time to be in the nfl ramon it is man and everybody's been congratulating it's like man you picked the best time to retire <laughs> like for real like i enjoyed the league but can you imagine though having to decide if you were going to play or not number one but two getting shut down we end up talking to a buffalo bill lee smith and the one thing that he was just talking about he was like well man look if this game get canceled and we don't get paid there's going to be a lot of pissed off guys like can you be can you imagine being the guy that you were the reason or the team that you were the reason they didn't get paid, that's a tough place to be in. Well, the Tennessee Titans, they said that they're going to do an investigation on how it got in there. Who knows if that will ever become public. And I assume at some point the NFL is going to add a week 18 and then a potential week 19 because who knows what's going to happen with the Patriots Broncos this weekend. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns, though, because uh, the yeah. Steelers right now, hot team. Ben Roethlisberger's all the way back. And this weekend they are at home against a team that has not won in that stadium for 16 years at this point with the Cleveland Browns. We're one yeah. year, less than one year removed from Miles Garrett taking Mason Rudolph's helmet off of his head and then trying to kill him with his same helmet. This seems like it's a brand new Browns team. What are your thoughts on how the weekend's game is going to go? And is there a little bit more juice in the Steelers building whenever it's Browns week as a guy that was there for 11 years? You know, I, I grudgingly said that this, I think this Brown teams is better. You, everybody's seen what the Browns have done in the last hell, 15 years, okay? So now seeing them finally look like it, they put it together. This Steelers defense, number one, going against this high power Browns offense, is a matchup that I'm looking for. But then you throw in the Miles Garrett situation from last year, man, this is something that's going to be very interesting. Number one, Miles can't be mad because Mason's not playing. You know, I think it was Kareem Hunt that okay. said this is for Miles. We're like, no, Miles got to handle his own thing. So <laughs> the, the matchup that we got to see this weekend is going to be that O-line versus a D-line of, of Cleveland's D-line, of course, and still his O-line, which I still think is one of the better ones in the league. And also just see if Ben can pick them apart. 
And if they don't let Baker create the way Baker does, man, I think they got a really good shot of winning. That defense, I'm just glad that I was on that team, man, because it, if you look at what Bud and TJ and Cam and just everybody on that group is doing, man, that is a scary defense to face. Yeah, it's a nightmare. If I was a quarterback, I'd be uh, pooping my pants <laughs> nightly having to face against them. And that's legit. And you might be getting a call right now from the Pittsburgh Steelers telling you their exact game plan, but that would be very nice. But when when you were on that field, right, because the Browns beat the Steelers in primetime television last year, and it was a big yeah. deal, right? Cleveland Browns fans are probably so pumped that they're getting a dub over Pittsburgh for their, you know, 23-2-1 is Ben Roethlisberger's uh, record against the Browns. I mean, it is not great. But then it got obviously a little bit smeared with the whole whack Mason Rudolph in the head with the helmet thing. And it became a different world. What was, you were on the field at that moment. What was it like while that was happening? Because that is something I think we've seen guys in the past potentially, but never actually fully go for it. And that had to be a pretty surreal time to be alive out there. It was, man. I guess it's a thing against Ohio teams. You know, we went through a similar situation in Cincinnati also. Like, not that far, but it was a situation where I was like, man, what is going on? And I, we were on the field, and we said to ourselves, this is the one time that you guys actually beat us, and you can't even do it with class. So to see it actually go down where the helmet's coming off, the game was pretty much sold up at the time. And you really just had to ask yourself, like, what the hell is going on? Because nobody had ever seen it, and why are you that mad? Like, I'll say this, whatever he said that Mason said, I know Mason for a fact. And I know him in and out in a sense. Like, that's not something that was said. And I'll I'll lay on that sword. If something comes out down the line about, hey, Mason actually did say that, I'll just come out and say I was totally wrong. But there is no way that he said that to him. Me knowing him, being around him, the guys that he hang around with, and just how he is in general, man. How, whatever made him lose his noodle, man, he, I wish he would just say it or whatever the case may have been behind it. But I support Mason on that cause. And – it was really unnecessary. Like, the game was won. There was no need. So many guys got fined, suspended. Uh, let's just keep it clean this weekend, at least. Okay, so losing your noodle talk here with the big rat <laughs> uh Ramon Foster. The That was the first time I've seen Mike Tomlin ask to do media. Like, whenever it came out, when Miles Garrett said, well, this is what Mason Rudolph said, and it kind of, like, trickled out or whatever, Mike Tomlin never does media. Tries his yeah. best, I think, to stay away from media at all costs. He went on first take, and he was like, the only reason why I'm doing this is because I want to let you know that Mason Rudolph did not say that. Like, that is not what Mason – I've talked to people around Mason Rudolph that are on the field. I know Mason Rudolph, he wouldn't say that. Would anybody have been in earshot of what was going on, or is that just something that was so close that you just have to bank your knowledge of Mason Rudolph the human and know that he wouldn't do that? You got to bank it on that, number one, because there's so much stuff that was going on before then. Haven't honestly have asked him, like, hey, what exactly was it? Like, it wasn't, he was like, I just know it wasn't that. Like, this oh. guy, he's a guy. Like, Pat, you know what it is being around the guys. Like, it's certain stuff when you're one of the guys that just doesn't happen. And that's one of those things, man. He ended up just reacting to something maybe he thought he heard or just, I, I, I think, him just growing into this league, he'll always look back on that moment like, man, I didn't have to do that. So it sucks for him because people have that reputation of him right now, and that tape is going to forever be out there. And whatever was said between those two, it, maybe they'll, they'll have a sit down without helmets one day and say, hey, well, this was all right. Yeah, don't bring any weapons to the, the conversation. That'd be <laughs> smart. Uh, Miles Garrett 
after that happens, gets suspended. I assume he just went and worked out for the rest of the year and got faster, bigger, stronger. He gets rewarded with a long-term contract from new GM Andrew Barry, and he's playing, once again, like a potential defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. You said that you like that offensive line. You think they're one of the best in the league. You were on that offensive line a year ago. What makes you say that, and what does Ben Roethlisberger add that maybe Mason Rudolph (laughs) didn't add to the offense last year against Miles Garrett in that defense? I I do like that offensive line. One, yes, they're older team but they're they're seasoned vets like Alejandro is going to be the main guy to see him and when you have Pouncey out there and DeCastro and just Chooks on the right side like Matt Fowler like they're all guys that got experience yeah uh the right tackle is very inexperienced for the most part we're not having a whole lot of starts but they know exactly what they are and what they got to do to 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 keep being upright and you mentioned Ben being in this game I think everybody can see that he's not on a revenge tour but hey you guys kind of forgot about me Mm-hmm. I kind of love what Ben has been doing this year, man. He's spreading the ball around. Uh, and what they did last year was we became one-dimensional when it came to uh, playing games last year. We were without Ben. They stacked the box against us, and we just had a down year and still went 8-8. Eight and eight. So that says a lot about what was coming back this entire year. So Ben is on a tear, and I'll be honest with you, I can't wait to see what this game is going to look like just because of the buildup behind it. Ramon, the big news uh, last night was your former teammate who you were in the locker room with a long time, Le'Veon Bell, leaving the yeah. Jets, going to the Chiefs. Now, a lot of people were like, don't bring him to our team. He's he's not a good locker room guy, stuff like that. For You were in the locker room with him for a long time. What does he add to the Chiefs, and is he okay in that locker room? So the thing about Le'Veon is this. He's not a bad locker room guy. I don't want that narrative to be out there. The situation that we had with him was more or less like, well, I thought you were all in. Okay, so and the business side of it just happened. That's all it was. Le'Veon's a good dude. We talked after the Jets game last year. So to say he's a bad locker room guy, no. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a fun guy. He's a guy that's going to kick a freestyle, we know, because he's a rapper now. (laughs) And however however they can use him, they're going to. And I think he's going to buy into it, man. You guys know the situation in New York with the Jets. Like, they look like they were just going to bury this guy, and he has a whole lot of talent. I don't know if he's going to be huge in the running back position. Le'Veon's ability to be a pass catcher, to be, hey, okay, yo, we're lining him up in the back, backfield, but we're going to motion him out to be able to catch. Like, in the slot, that's where they're going to be able to murder guys. I do think the uh, the concept of the rich getting richer, that's simply what happened in Kansas City right now. If you're asking me, a perennial pro bowler, all-pro guy, where am I going? I saw the, the list of it was Bills, uh, Chiefs, and Dolphins. Like, I'm picking the Chiefs. <laughs> yes, that's a no-brainer. When I saw the list of three, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But him going to Pittsburgh, I just think it ran his course. And not to say there'll be any bad blood because it's not. We all dapped up, laughed, had a good time after the Jets game last year. So there's no bad blood. It's just that, hey, business got in the way and it just fractured. But it's all good now. He um, ring chasing, obviously. And why not? If you've ac- if you've accomplished everything that you've accomplished, Le'Veon Bell, and there has been numerous, to your point about we see the situation in New York, there has been numerous examples of dudes that get out from underneath the Adam Gase umbrella. And I mean, Ryan Tannehill almost broke his knee in half during a celebration, <laughs> oh. but he, dude, it was so uncomfortable to watch. But he has become like the guy at this point. They're talking about his QBR being just like Patrick Mahomes is leading the yeah. team and everything like that, and he was. I don't want to say terrible under Adam Gase, but he was a bad football player. Devontae Parker, uh, Robbie Anderson, you name it. And so name I think him. I think there's a lot that can happen. And something you said there that was most interesting to me is it's Le'Veon Bell, not Le'Veon Bell. I always call him Le'Veon. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, you don't even know. No one knows. Yeah. But I mean, look at it. There's parents out here correcting announcers like, no, it's Patrick Mahomes. 
that's, like, a, that's what I'm saying. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That's an interesting, it's an I interesting say situation. I'd say Le'Veon, though. He, um, the situation between Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, whenever he and Antonio Brown left, I think yeah. a lot of people kind of lumped them together, right? Because obviously they left almost similar timing. And with the Steelers, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, Antonio Brown, he leaves. He goes to Oakland. He leaves there. goes to Patriots. And everything kind of happens. And everybody in Pittsburgh is like celebrating like, yeah, we got a uh, locker room toxic person out of our locker room or whatever, even though he's really good at football, blah, blah, blah. Then they, I think they kind of lumped Le'Veon with him there. And then as the yeah. stories came out, it was like, uh, no, actually the guys like him. But he did, I guess, miss a walkthrough here. And he did this there and all that stuff so that spin that he would be bad for the culture i was blindsided by it as well the earlier this week when everybody's like we don't want him in the bills he'd be bad for a locker i'm like Le'Veon's bad for the i didn't know that was even a, a narrative that was yeah. happening and then it started getting repeated a little bit so i'm happy to hear that you say like no no like good guy in the locker no, room everything like it was that. some stuff that come out just from both of those guys situation where it was like number one they said we were a toxic locker room and if you look at the locker room now pat you've been around you've heard stuff oh, yeah. when people are bad you know it like the last thing that was that could have been said about our locker room was the fact that it was toxic so i guess it just kind of got grouped in together but if you're looking for a guy that's going to be able to help you win Le'Veon is that guy and even on the other side i had a bet with somebody in a group chat of mine because why everybody's in group chats these days <laughs> bingo and i i I wouldn't doubt it that if at some point, man, if AB clears everything, I guess with the law, that he would get another opportunity. You want to talk about a guy that's dynamic and with the right people around him and him in his right mindset right now, I think AB can and should get an opportunity in this league, man. He's not as bad as everybody painted him to be. It's just that situations may have just not worked out anymore. And hey, you thought what was there for you and you get an opportunity now to see the reality of it. But if you take the chance on that guy, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, he produced just as well as he did before. Watch him end up at the Chiefs. Oh, oh, no. No, no, <laughs> you see what I'm – is it far-fetched? I mean, you would think that Tampa would go for him because Tom loves him, right? Tom very mm-hmm. clearly loved him. I mean, it was yeah. he was in for one game. He got seven targets, I think six receptions and a touchdown or whatever, and yep. one drive, and he was out. I mean, it was it was very obvious. And everybody that knows the game of football knows that Antonio Brown is the guy out of wide receiver, too. He's oh so God. quick. He's explosive. He has great hands. He was a six-round pick or whatever, so he has a great work ethic. There's just so much of that stuff. It's just like off the field, can you handle potential – flare-ups that could happen i guess you got to have a really good culture you got to have a winning culture and all the teams that have winning cultures are teams that you would say the rich have gotten richer from so it'll be very interesting to see who ends up there he has what three more games week six week seven week yeah. eight he has mm-hmm. to sit out see what i'm saying then he can come back in three <laughs> weeks so it's like the time almost for business negotiations and conversations for antonio brown to end up somewhere is creeping up on us i'll be excited to hear where it is what's up to ramon i assume you had to go up against cam hayward and stefan stefan to it the most in practice but with those oh two and then bud dupree and tj watt who of the four is the most difficult to block who's the most difficult can't I, you know what i'm gonna put it tj is who tj is period tj i guess is a race is in a race against his brother to be to be great cam is a headache like it, it, it was like i got good because of him he got good because of me because we battled a lot between cam and bud which i think bud and i hope he breaks the bank next year because his his him being a pro has taken off like guys early in the league they got to figure out okay what works for me how do i practice how do i do camp bud has figured that out but a guy that i know that's chasing like hall of fame status to be the best to help the team win is like cam hayward like tj and bud is getting all the love but that interior is a train wreck with cam it's absolutely 
no plays off. You have a D tackle that's playing about 90% of the snaps. Like, that doesn't usually happen, man. And he is a wrecking ball. He draws two. If there's anybody that I'm jumping out there with, is uh, is Cam. Hey, Big Reg, a quick question for you. Uh, have you talked about to Big Ben about his uh, porn addiction? Oh, come on. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. It was a YouTube question. It was a question on YouTube. And that is unbelievable. I'm sorry. Unbelievable, man. But you know what I'll say? That's my quarterback. And the fact that you got that laptop in your lap right now, there's no telling what you look like. Oh, oh you yeah. salami beaten son. Oh, no. Does Big Ben have any references about to look up? The Big Ragu, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us today, man. Good luck with that morning no show. Problem. We hope to listen to it someday and hope to meet you in person one day. No doubt, man. I appreciate it, man, of course. And I enjoy the show. I subscribed on YouTube and all that. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, you could potentially win uh, <laughs> one of the prizes of $100,000, yeah, yeah. which will come out early next week. We appreciate you. And I see over your shoulder there, you have a Paula Malu jersey, I believe, on the wall. Yeah, I heard the story, man. Yeah, take it down. <laughs> take it down. Right now. <laughs> take it down. He is so good at the football, dude. He was so he good is. at the football. Unbelievable football. Have you ever well, seen anybody play like him? No. You know what? What's even more impressive, I'm not sure where our break is, but listen. You're good. To see him in practice during the week, okay, just walking around like a pedestrian, don't even like hoodie on, ponytail not up. Like, you don't even know who he is in the building. You do, but it's like, oh, there go Troy. And then you see him on game day. He comes out of that doggone tunnel. And I don't know if you can see the intro, but he turns around, the hair flowing, and he just runs out. He is a maniac. Only guy I've ever seen, and I think it was against the Tennessee Titans, to be in the box, Pat, the same way that you said he was in the box against you, be on the line of scrimmage and run to the flats on the other side and break up a pass. I was like, yeah, this guy is bad. He was on the opposite side of the field, man and broke up a pass. But during the week, he's a civilian. You wouldn't even recognize Troy during the week, man. Amazing person, number one, but also the player, of course, because now he's a Hall of Famer. Ike, Ike Taylor told us that uh, there is a chance that, you know how like coaches have those speakers in the helmets that <laughs> like tell plays? Ike told us that he potentially does have Jesus Christ yep. in his speaker, <laughs> in his, that is why he made the plays he plays. I promise you, it was some degenerates on that team, okay, on that defense. And Troy was the was the balance of them all. Like, by far, you meet him, how you doing? How are you? You good? Like, that's him. Amazing guy, man. But on the field, he is a god. I don't even know. He, Problem. Yes. That's 100%. what he is. He's a, an asshole, too. I mean, yeah. people don't talk about that enough. A guy, good guy, uh, all that, great player. Ladies and gentlemen, just like this guy, uh, the big ragu. Ramon Foster. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. Uh, big thanks to Josh Cribs, Ramon Foster, Chase, by the way, for stopping by. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was awesome. Shout out to Chase. Cool kid. We appreciate him being a fan. We appreciate him coming in, chit-chatting with us, and inspiring all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, from all of us, all of you, hope you have the greatest weekend of your entire life. We can't thank you enough for fucking with us all week long. Hope you all get a chance this weekend, too. Ban someone over the barrel and show them the 50 states. That's outrageous. That is absolutely outrageous, Foxy. Do you hear what this man is saying? It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Where does he get it? Well, like I said, it's not mine. I mean, it's from a movie. It's Jason. That's Coach Lasso. You co-signed it. All right. Have a great weekend. Have the best weekend you've ever had in your entire life, actually.
You know, it all starts with a mindset. What's the difference between your birthday and every other day? It's a thought that it's a special day. Maybe tomorrow will be a special day for you. Why not? How about Sunday? Make that a special day as we just rake in money from FanDuel Sportsbook. How about Monday? How about every day you wake up like, hey, you know what? It's my fucking birthday. That's actually, that's pretty good advice. Well, you'd be lying to yourself a lot. 364 <laughs> times a year, you'd be lying. But it's okay. If you can get past the fact that you're lying to you, I think your mindset would be better. Mm-hmm. All right. From all of us, all of you, you're the best. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music and launch. By the way, this song is from Huey Mack, kid from Morgantown, West Virginia. When I was in college, I think he was in high school and he started rapping. Then he moved out to LA. I'm not 100% sure what all has gone out, but he just put out this song. It's a banger. Shout out to Huey Mack um, and shout out to you. This has been the Pat Mike Show 2.0, Friday, October 16th. We'll see you on Monday. Be a friend, tell a friend this weekend. Remember, that's the that's the mission statement here. Be a friend, tell a friend, if you like the show. Cheers. Life's so good these days, I can't complain. I don't care about yesterday. I don't need to know about who you with or where you going stay. Hey, uh, don't mean I love you any less. I just think we need a time. I know that shit was for the best. Ah, uh, yes. I got new hoes these days, and I got things I think but don't say. And you got things you put on your page to make me feel all types of different ways. Hey, you still got a piece of my heart. It don't mean I don't fuck with you, it just means we grew apart So call me when you need me, even if it isn't true Don't pick up for everyone, I always do for you Every time that you call, it doesn't mean we involved It just means this shit's complicated You're still my small town girl, but you got big city dreams You deserve you the world and everything you acquaint I'm gon' find someone new, and you gon' find someone too But for tonight it might feel nice just laying right beside you Hey, oh, you go to work in the morning I live my life in the dark You love to pick your little fights I be like, baby, don't start Cause you always coming for my neck I'll say some shit that I regret I like cheap beer and you like cocaine and dinners and catch that's just how this shit goes, I guess yeah. I love you and I wish you the best Sometimes you don't get it right But don't go thinking I don't want you Cause you're not in my life <laughs> Call me when you need me Even if it isn't true Don't pick up for everyone I always do for you Every time that you call It doesn't mean we involved It just means this shit's complicated